Awesome. Hey, it's good to have everybody here today. Uh, if this is your first time to the Grove, uh, we uh, are so thrilled that you came. Thank you for taking some time out of your week. And um, we just thought it would be really great to start our, our school year off by just asking God to give us favor and give us help as uh, we do our best to, to yeah, honor him and um, pray for families and parents every single week. Uh, we're praying for you families so you know uh, that we have a lot of people that are pouring into your kids. And uh, we're so grateful for our team uh, that they're serving so we can be in here and enjoy, enjoy the service. Um, we're in a, in a series called the Holy Spirit. Uh, and this series is super important because as we go into these new seasons, it's really important that we say, God, as we enter into transitional seasons of our lives, that we would be aware of what you want to do in us and through us, and we wouldn't miss that. Um, one of the reasons we're, we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit is because um, a lot of times when it comes to the Trinity, to the Godhead, we, we get God the Father, we, we get God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit just sometimes um, doesn't really resonate or connect as much because we're physical beings and we don't really understand the, the, the spiritual realm or the supernatural a lot of times. So we thought, what would this help be like if we talked about one of the aspects that, that Jesus talked about and the New Testament talks about great and in a great way of saying this is an important part of your journey uh, if you're a Christ follower. Now, if you're not a Christ follower and you've come here today, somebody brought you, invited you, and uh, you're not a Christian, you, you, you just, you're here, you're a guest, um, I, I would encourage you, this is, a, this is the most practical part of God. If you want to know the Bible and what God can do for your life, this series is really about saying, this is the practical part of God that says, I want to help you on a daily basis. If you allow me to be part of your life, I will actually help you succeed in everything you, you face. Um, and that's why the Holy Spirit was given us. So we're going to talk about that. But here's, here's, here's the idea the, between the Trinity. We get God the Father. He loves me. Right? God loves us so much. He sent his son. We get the son. He gave his life for us. So he saves us. And then we get God the Holy Spirit who was promised to us after Jesus died and, and went to heaven and was raised to the dead. He, he said, um, I'm going to send you a gift, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is with me. The idea is we have a God that's with us all the time. In fact, Jesus said, it's to your benefit if I go away. And the disciples probably thought, time thought, why would it be to our benefit if, we, if God went away? And he says, no, because I'm going to send you another part of the, of the God, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to help you on this journey. And the reason it's our benefit, because Jesus was, was in one place with the disciples with, with, and teaching them, but the Holy Spirit is available to all. This is that, that spiritual part, that supernatural part of God where he's available to every single one of us all the time. We said this, that we said uh, Billy Graham quoted him. He says, the Holy Spirit is the source of power who meets our need to escape, to help us escape from the miserable weaknesses that grips us. So in those moments where, where we feel weak, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel uh, under uh, uh, the, the not being able to accomplish something, this is why the Holy Spirit has given us, to help us in those moments, to get, to get and to know that God has something more for us. In fact, in, in, the, in the New Testament, when the story of the church started, um, after Jesus dies, he spends 40 days with him. He comes back to life, he spends 40 days. And then 10 days, he says, go and wait for the gift the Father's going to give you. And so for 10 days, um, 120 people meet in the upper room, it's called, and they, they begin to pray. And for 10 days, they seek God for, this, for more of what he has. And then that 10th day, the 50th day, which is called the Pentecost, day of Pentecost, God, is, God gives the gift of the Holy Spirit to them. And, make, and, this, this, and as we talked about last week was what, what Pentecost and Pentecostal means. Uh, because sometimes we hear that word and we associate with certain practices, certain ways, certain groups of people. And really, Pentecostal just means somebody who is who's saying we want that, the same experience that the disciples had, that Jesus' mother had. She was one of the, one of the 120 that was up in the upper room and had this experience of being baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, in, in Acts 19, the, the beginning of the, the, the church, um, something's taking place. 
People are coming to, to, to trust Jesus for their life and become Christians and Christ followers, and they're giving their lives. Well, about 10 years into the story, Paul is traveling and starting churches and helping people to know that, that Jesus came and died on the cross for them and has, a, has good plans for their life, wants to help them trust him with their life. And so in Acts 19, about 10 years into the story, into the early church, Paul says that Apollos, one of the other, disciples, one of the other followers of Christ, was, was teaching in Corinth. Paul took the road to the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And he says, uh, they found some disciples there and asked them, Do you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And the answer, no, we have not even heard that there is the Holy Spirit. And so you get these disciples that have been possibly Christians for about 10 years or so, um, and they don't even know this, this is part of God that exists, that there's, there's more help, there's more to God than just the cross and just what salvation that God has brought. There's more to it. There's an empowerment. There's support in this. And so Paul's, Paul's, he, he encounters. And so the reason we do this series is because we're saying the same thing. There might be somebody in this room that says, Holy Spirit, I didn't even know the Holy Spirit exists. That's interesting. What does this even mean? And so we're talking about that. So the first week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is, is the third person of the Trinity. Jesus referred to him as he. He has emotions. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we, we said that the, the reason the Holy Spirit is given is because he's, he's on a journey to help us. He's to come alongside us and, and as a friend and help us on a daily basis. And so we said this, whenever something is happening to you, if you're facing something, you're stuck in traffic, you're in an argument, you have a, a deadline, you have, you have pressure on you, that whenever something's happening to you on the outside, a lot of times God wants to do something on the inside. And if we're sensitive and willing to say, God, what, what are you trying to do here? It'll be the Holy Spirit that's going to help us to figure that out. And so when, what, what it means to be a Christ follower is that we're following Christ's lead. And he's saying, hey, this is the way I live my life. It was a spirit-led life where I'm saying, God, I want to do everything you're telling me to do. I want to follow you on this journey. And so he says, just, just trust me, follow me. And so whenever you're faced with something, just know God always wants to do something on the inside. It's just our job to do something, to, 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 to follow his lead. And then last Sunday, we talked about Pentecost and uh, what that means in the day of Pentecost and how it's tied to the Old Testament when the law was given. And it's this, this mirror image of the Old Testament, New Testament, that God is trying to give us pictures so we can actually see he's, he's preparing us for something greater. And I said this last week. I said, being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. Because uh, some people think that when I become a Christian, I, I have all the things God has for me. I'm actually superior. No, it doesn't make you better than anybody else. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. It actually makes me better than me. It helps me be a better version of me. And everybody in my life would actually say, that would be a good thing if there was a better version of you. So we trust God to help us to do that. Uh, so when it comes to the Holy Spirit, one of the words associated with, is, with a, is a gift. And so I want to talk about a few different gifts that God has given us in the Bible. He says there's, some, there's these, these gifts that God's given. And really the first gift is, is the most important gift. Because without this gift, all the other gifts, they really don't make sense. They really don't matter as much. Because that first gift is the gift of eternal life. The reason God came in human form and died on that cross is so that we can have eternal life. That we can have right relationship with God. And we talked a little bit about that last week, how Passover was a fulfillment of that. Uh, the cross was a fulfillment of Passover. And so eternal life, Romans 6, 23, it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul's saying um, the, the life that, the, that, that our payment for the, for the sins that we do, for doing the opposite of what God has, the payment of that is, is death. But the gift of God is it's free. It's eternal life from Christ Jesus. And here's the thing about a gift. Um, you, don't, you don't do things for, for, for gifts, right? You don't go to work and work for gifts. Gifts are gifts. They're given to you. Um, if, if, if you had to pay for a gift, then it really wasn't a gift. It, that, was, that was something you had to purchase and pay for, that you had to work for. Uh, that's different than a gift. And God is saying the gift of God, salvation, is a gift. And here's where religion messes this up, all right? 
religions and cults and, and sects, all those things that, that begin to take away from um, uh, different different um, branches of even Christianity in some cases. They, they take it down this, this path of something that was never meant to be, and we call that religion. And Jesus didn't come to set up another religion. He didn't want another world religion. He wanted to show us how to have a right relationship with God and what that looks like on a daily basis. So religion says it's what you do. It's the work you do to, to please God to make him happy. If you're working hard, you're, working, you're, you're doing all these things the right, the right order and the right way, then you're going to be okay. The things you wear, the things you say, and they go through all these externals, really, and they focus on all the externals, and they forget that there's actually something else that's taking place inside of us. And God is saying, the gift that I'm giving you, you can't earn it. You couldn't do enough things with your life to earn the gift of salvation because it's a free gift. So don't confuse it. And so the first thing, the gift of God, in Ephesians 2, 8, it says like this, for, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's through faith. It's, it takes faith to believe that God gave this. And this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Another translation says it's not of yourself, so no, not a single person can boast. Like it's not something you did, not something I did that earned salvation. It's because of the grace that God has given us. It's a gift that he's given us. So eternal life is the first gift God gives. That's the most important gift. And we'll talk more about how to settle that with God. The second gift is the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this in Acts 1. He's telling his disciples. He says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so he's telling his disciples, just wait. Spend some time just waiting before you go do anything else, before you do all the work. Just, just trust me. Wait for me to show up. Wait, wait, wait for God to send the gift, the Holy Spirit, to help you on this journey. And so the Holy Spirit is a gift. And then the Holy Spirit, when we receive the Holy Spirit, there's more of, more of God that he has for us. And these are called spiritual gifts. God wants to do more in us and through us. So 1 Corinthians 2.1, Paul says like this, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So Paul writes this letter to the, to the church in Corinth, and he's talking about the gifts that God has for us and how to use them and, and how to manage them well. Um, and the reason he's writing this is because he's saying, all right, in your services, in your church, in your community, some people are misusing the gifts. Some people aren't using them correctly. So here's how we do this. And he begins to give them some instructions. And he talks about spiritual gifts. First Corinthians, later on in that same chapter, twelve seven, he says, a spiritual gift is given to each of you so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of you so we can help each other. So if you're a Christ follower, if you're a following God, you're a Christian, essentially God has given you, I believe, at least one gift, one spiritual gift, something to help you on this journey to do more with your life than you could do by yourself. It's the part of God that's very practical. He's saying, I want you to be successful in what you do. So he gives us these gifts. In fact, the way we can define a spiritual gift is like this. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability all right, that God gives to each of his children so that together we can advance his purposes in this world. The spiritual gift that God gives is so that we can help advance his purposes in this world. He wants you to use your life to make an impact, to help others, to make a difference in this world. And the way he does that is saying, I'm going to help you on this journey. If you'll be open to this, if you'll receive these gifts I have for you, here's some gifts that I want to give to you. And we'll talk a little about that. But essentially, it's a divine enablement to accomplish God's purposes in our life and on this earth. So God is saying, I want to give you something that you, you, you can't get yourself, something that, that I will give to you. So last week we talked about one word that kind of throws people when it comes to Christianity and Christians is Pentecostal. We learned the word Pentecost only means 50. It's 50 days after Passover, after the cross, and, and where the Holy Spirit is given on the day of Pentecost. And, and, and so today I want to talk about another word that kind of throws people off sometimes, charismatic. Uh, you hear the word charismatic, and it's associated with, with people. Sometimes people think charismatic is associated with crazy, right? Sometimes charismatic is associated with um, different styles of services. 
And so um, we're going to talk about what that actually means and where that came from. In our culture, if you don't have any church background, charismatic just is somebody who talks really well, like a politician, right? They're very charismatic. Uh, they, they, they're able to, to use, carry their words and say, say things that are persuasive. Um, that's kind of what our culture even means. But at some point back, back before all that, there was an original word that, that, that and we get the word charisma. In the Bible, charismata, it's a grace gift. That's what it means. So somebody who's charismatic is actually somebody who operates with the gifts that God, the Holy Spirit, gives. That's what it means to be charismatic. So it's not a style of service. It's just somebody saying, I'm willing to use whatever gift God wants to give me to help me make a difference in this world. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, here's my, here's, I guess, the, 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 the whole thing for today is this. Number one, would you discover the gift that God has for you? So God has a gift for you. See, Romans 12, 12, 6 says we, have, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. So when you, when you say, God, I want to follow your lead. I want, to, I want to, um, you to be the Lord of my life. I want, I want to serve you. The Holy Spirit begins to give us gifts as, as his children to be able to accomplish things that we couldn't by ourselves. And he actually says, Paul tells us, seek the gifts. Eagerly seek these gifts that he has for you. So discover the gifts. Psalms 139, 13 through 16, David says it like this. I love it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Now, we know David is a guy uh, because typically guys look by the mirror. It doesn't matter what you're wearing, what's on your face, how much weight you've gained. You look at the mirror and you say, looking good, right? That's a Dave poem right there. Like, man, look at this. Look at this specimen of a person, right? And look in the mirror. Um, we know as a guy. You know, women, not always. You kind of look in the mirror and it's easy to find the flaws, which I would say, hey, kind of cut that out, right? You were made fearfully and wonderfully made. But here's the thing. When it comes to life, he says this, I know it full well. And here's the problem a lot of us have is we don't know it full well that God has made us special. He's made you unique. He's putting special gifts and certain things in, in your life. He's designed you a certain way. And David is saying, you've, 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 you've created me for this amazing purpose, and I know it full well. I'm aware of it. In fact, we can say it like this, that God's design in me reveals his destiny for me. So if you want to know God's destiny for your life, begin to pay attention to how he designed you. Like what are those, what are those things in you? Personality says a little bit about it. Your passions is another part of that. And then the spiritual gift God gives you. Those are indicators of what God wants to do in your life. Like if you want to know your destiny and what, your purpose in life, Pay attention to how God has gifted you. You begin to say, oh, I get this. For example, all right, um, one of the gifts the Bible talks about that he gives is the gift to teach. Um, I believe I have this gift, the gift to lead. I believe I have this gift. Here's the thing about leading and teaching is it doesn't come most comfortable to me. I'm actually more of an introvert. So standing in front of people and talking, it's not like something like, like I celebrate and like I get to, I'm like, yes, I get to talk in a whole bunch of front of people. Not because my personality would say I'd rather sit back. I'd rather be alone. I'd rather be, you know, go, go in the mountains and hang out because the way I'm wired personally is to be able to just be alone, and, and I'm more of an introvert. I've taught myself to be more an extrovert and to, to do, be like that. But here's, the, here, here's my whole point. When I get up here on a stage and I speak, I, I'm, it's a privilege for me to be able to use a gift God's given me to lead and to teach because I know it's not anything because of me. I'm really not that good. But God will take these words and these ideas and, and the things he's wired, the way he's wired me, he'll use them for his purposes. And so when I get up here and people respond and say, man, that's pretty awesome that God would send his son to die on the cross. And I think I'm going to follow his lead. There's something in me that comes alive because it says, man, I was made for this. Like I, God designed me to be who I am. And I know it's God because he's given me those gifts. He's helping me on this journey. 
And there's all these gifts that are available to us if we will just seek God and say, God, help me on this journey. How can, I, how, can, how can you use my life? And so his design in us reveals his destiny for us. So number one, you've you got to discover those gifts. Number two, you've got to develop the gifts that God has given you. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So he's saying develop these things in you. So if you're a Christ follower, God has more gifts for you. Your job is to say, God, I want more of what you have. How can I, how can I get more of this? Another way to, to develop this is for the, Paul says to Timothy, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is given to you, which is in you. So God gave you this gift, Tim, Timothy. Timothy's a young pastor. Paul's mentoring. He's saying, God's given you this gift. Use it. Fan into flame. Like Practice it. You make it better. Make it stronger. Use them. Um, so you develop them so you can be, they can be used by God to make a difference with your life. And then number three, finally, would be this, to use the gift that God has given me. My goal is not just to discover and develop, but then begin to use those gifts. How can I use the gift that God's given me? What can I do with the life he's given me to make a difference? First Peter 4.10 says, God has given us, given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So God is a generous, his nature is, is, is a generous God, and he wants to use that, his generosity to flow through us to make a difference in our lives. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, God is saying it's not weird. And in fact, spiritual gifts, really, honestly, there's only one gift that people get hung up on, and that's the gift of, t- of tongues, speaking in tongues. People think, like, that's just crazy, that's weird, and, and I get it. Sometimes the packaging of that, of different denominations, different organizations, they can make it weird. Uh, but it's a gift that God gave. In fact, the day of Pentecost, it says the 120 that were up in the room, they began to speak in, 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 in languages, and all these different foreigners that were around, they began to hear it and listen. And it, it, there's a reason God gives the gift. It's, it's important. But Paul says, there's not one gift that's better than all the other gifts. Like, seek God for all gifts. But they're all important. They all matter. And I think a lot of times what happens is we reject actually the package, not the gift that, that's there. Because if you understood it, Paul says, you would want all of these things. Like, if you could really grasp it, like, the, like you would actually want more of this. One of the gifts is the gift of, of, of um, intercession. Somebody, intercession means somebody that can pray for others. Um, so when I pray... Man, it's a lot of work. Like, it takes me a lot of time to focus. I start praying for something. I sometimes have a list. I'll start praying, and I'll start thinking about, like, lunch, and I'll start praying. And I'll start thinking about tomorrow. I'll start praying and thinking about all the, the things I have to my to-do list, right? Like, I get distracted pretty quickly. But typically, a person that has the gift of intercession, they start praying. They're engaged, and 30 minutes goes by, 20 minutes goes by, an hour goes by, and it doesn't phase them because they've been gifted in that way to stay focused to pray. It's a gift that God gives. Now, if you have that gift... We'd love for you to be part of, of, of a team that we're trying to establish here at the church uh, to be able to, to use the, the, prayer, the, the gifts that God gives when it comes to prayer. And we would be in it to, um, so if that's you, do me a favor. Let me know that you have that gift and uh, you'd like to be part of some of our prayer teams. Um, they're super important. Prayer is a part of, we know that is one of the most important things that we can do. In fact, um, our, around our state, there's 100 churches that pray, um, that have joined together to pray for our state uh, um, every hour. So for the whole month. What happens is the churches sign up for half a day or a whole day, and they'll take this day of the month and they'll pray for it. There's 100 churches around our state who are uh, praying 24 hours a day for, for just God to move in, our, in New Mexico. Um, in our city, there's a few churches that have got together and say, hey, we want to take some of these days also. So our church, last year we signed up for the 21st of every month. And so um, what, what, I, what we've done is recruited some people to say, would you take a half hour or an hour of your day, and on every 21st, would you take that half hour every 21st of the month, and would you pray for our state? 
and there's some specific things that we pray together for the state, all the churches, and there's some specific things that we pray for our, our, our specifically for the Grove. And so that's you. If you'd like to be part of that, we'd love to help you develop that gift, help you to be a part of, of using some, you know, your time. And so uh, 21st is coming up pretty soon. If that's you, online, just on the, on the connection card, there's a place for notes. Uh, just let us know. Hey, this is, I'd like to be part of that. Uh, I, I would like to hear, learn more about that, and we'll send an email or we'll contact you for, through Facebook or something and let you know. But it's, it's important that we develop those gifts uh, that God gives us and saying seek God for those because he wants us to make a difference with our life. Um, in in uh, 1 Corinthians, in chapter 12 and chapter 14, it's where we get the, the largest section of Scripture that talks about spiritual gifts. Right? So the Holy Spirit is giving out these gifts. Paul talks about them, how they should operate, how they should be used. Um, in the middle of 12 and, and 14 is, right, 13. And you, you, know, you know 1 Corinthians 13. It's like the famous uh, um, passage of love, right, the, the chapter of love. You know, love is this and and the reason that the, the, the two are, are, are around love is because love is really the purpose of all these things. And Paul says, hey, if you do these things but you forget love, you're missing the whole point. And that's part of the, part of the reason the church wasn't being successful is they, were, they got distracted with doing things for their own benefit. And, and Paul said, no, no, there's a specific way for love is to help others. And, and he lists in, in that chapter, he lists nine specific spiritual gifts that God has. Um, one of them is the gift of, of knowledge. In fact, one book I'd recommend, if you want to read a book about the Holy Spirit and about, about spiritual gifts, it's called The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. Um, it helped me so much uh, to, to understand that there's, there's, there's um, more that God has for us to understand about the spiritual gifts, about the Holy Spirit. In this book, I'll just explain one of those gifts, right? The gift of knowledge is, um, it would be a, a gift of discernment that you, would, you wouldn't know by human means, um, that, that God would have to show you this. And in, in this book, he tells a story. I thought it was a fabulous story. Uh, he's at dinner one night with his family. And across, across the restaurant, just, just over a couple tables, there's a couple. This guy's really, really solid. He's big. Uh, he's, he's muscular. Um, just looks like, like he can hurt some people, right? And so him and his wife are at, at dinner, and uh, they're there. And, um, and Robert Morris, he's a pastor in, in, in Dallas, in the Dallas area in Texas, um, he, he, he thinks God speaks something to him about this man. And so the gift of knowledge, the one of the gifts the Holy Spirit gives, he, he goes to this man and says, um, sir, do you, do you work out? <laughs> do you exercise? And the guy looks at him like, you know, look at me, dummy, like I'm, I'm massive, right? And so it's a way to kind of break the ice. But he says, yeah, sometimes. And he, he, he laughs and he's like, what does this guy want? And so the guy, Pastor Robert says, um, I think God told me to tell you something. If it's okay, I'd like to share it. And uh, the man says, um, looks at his wife and says, sure, why not? And so, Pastor, he, they ask him to pull up a chair, and he sits down, and he says, Sir, um, God gave me this picture. I saw you when you were young. You are sitting in your, in your grandma's lap, and you were crying. And your grandma told you a story about Samson in the Bible, and you, made a, you, you prayed a prayer that day. And you said, God, if you make me strong like Samson, I'll dedicate my whole life to you. And he said, Sir, God wanted me to tell you that he kept his end of the bargain, but you never kept yours. And then he pauses. <laughs> like anybody would be like, I now wait for the punch in the face, right? And he pauses, and the man just looks blankly at him. He's thinking, oh, man, I think I really missed it. Like, that must have been last night's pizza. You know, I don't know what I was thinking. And before he excuses himself to leave, the man begins to cry. And uh, his, his lip quivers, and he begins to cry. And then Robert thought, well, great, what do I do now? And, um, and so the man says, you know, my wife and I were just talking about this. He says, I just told her about a story. When I was eight years old, I was on the way from home from school. Some neighborhood boys began to pick on me, and they threw rocks at me, and they gashed my head with one of the rocks. And she came in and held him in her lap, and she prayed, and she, she, loved, she loved Jesus. She loved Christ and God, and she followed him. And she told me a story about Samson. And that day I said, God, if you make me strong like Samson, 
I will dedicate my life to you. And he says, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to figure this out. And so that night, Robert, Pastor Robert began to explain, well, this is what it means to follow Christ. This is what it means to dedicate your life to, to, to God. And he leads them in this journey of saying, God, I want, I want you to be Lord. I, I turn from my past. I repent from that. I move your direction. And the next week, they got water baptized. They came to his church, got water baptized the following week. Just a pretty cool story of how God uses people, ordinary people, to do gifts. I was at a, a wedding yesterday, and um, it was, um, you know, the weather was kind of overcast and raining. And uh, sometimes people think, like, well, you're the pastor. You have, like, more say than anybody else, right? To look at you, like, can you do something about this weather? Come on, pastor. Like, can you do something? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm not in management. I'm in sales, right? I'm, I'm here just to help people out. In, in fact, my prayers don't matter more than your prayers. You know, we all have the prayer, but we sometimes we think that, like, these things are only reserved for specific people who are specific roles and have been Christians for so long. No, it's available to anybody. But what, the reason I love the, the, the Holy Spirit and how he empowers people is you see the story of Peter. Peter is a disciple. For three years, he followed Christ. The whole time, I think, you know, we, we read the story, and they were kind of missing the point of it all, and he was afraid. Like, he was even afraid to tell a teenage girl that he was a follower of Christ. He's like, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? No, I don't know what you're talking about. To the point of cussing her out, the Bible says. Right? So she's saying, no, you were, and he cusses out the people that were trying to, to tell him because he's so afraid that people would know this. So he had, he had fear, and he was, he, was, he was swayed too easily. And then Pentecost happens, and he's empowered with the Holy Spirit, and what happens? He stands up in front of thousands of people, bold, and says, I have to tell you something. And then the disciples go off, and they're, they're not afraid to die. They're not afraid to give their life for Christ because they understand that there's more to life than just this thing, just being popular, just making money, just, just paying the bills. Just, just getting food on the table, right? There's more life than that. And they, they finally wake up and realize, oh, wow, I was made for so much more than just what I fall into sometimes, the routine. And they begin to live a life. This is why I think the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives because he's helping us on this journey to say, do you want to know what you're designed for? you know what your purpose in this life for? Let me help you. I'll lead you on this journey. See, for us as a, as a church, the Grove exists to take us on a spiritual journey. We exist to take you on a spiritual journey. First, we want you to know God. That's the most important thing that you can do. Um, if you don't know God, you miss everything else, and everything else doesn't matter. And what happens a lot of times is, is, is even when people begin to follow Christ is we say a prayer, we make a decision to do that, but it's not a decision to actually have a relationship with God. It's a decision just to say, man, I want to feel better about what I've done. And God say, no, it's more than that. It's, it's a relationship. And, and he, he wants us to know him. So the first thing is you have to go on this journey to personally know God, and this is on a daily basis, and, and the Holy Spirit helps us on this journey. And then once you know God, the next step is we want people to find, find freedom. So if you made that commitment to say, God, I, man, I turn away from the past or I repent from that, I'm moving in the direction towards you, help me to find freedom. And the reason this is so important is because if you don't settle your yesterdays, your yesterdays follow you into tomorrow. And if your yesterdays are not good, your tomorrow is not going to be very good because it keeps you stuck. And so God is saying, I want you to find freedom in your life. This is why small groups are so important because there's something about small groups. When you're with a group of people for 12 weeks at a time or so, at some point, you take off the mask and say, all right, guys, here's really what's going on. And at that point is when you can finally find healing. You can find health because you're going to be honest. You can be open, and you, you begin to heal from that. So finding freedom, that's the next thing. And then the third thing is discover purpose. We want you to discover your purpose in this life. So we have growth track every month that we do. In fact, today is 301, which is the step that we actually talk about purpose and discovering your spiritual gifts. So today after church, uh, once service is done, uh, we'll, we'll go into the party room. And we'll walk through this, this class. We repeat it every month. If you can't make it today, next month, I would encourage you to get there. But at some point, discover, all right, what is my personality? How, how, how is, 
have I been formed by my by by the, my environments and by uh, the places I've been? But then, what is the spiritual gifts God's given me so that I can begin to use them to make a difference with my life? So that's growth track. Discover your purpose. And then finally, the fourth thing is we want you to make a difference. We want you to make a difference in your life. There's there's something about being in, on a team that's winning, right? Um, I don't know if it's going to be the Cowboys this year or it's going to be the Eagles or going to be the Broncos. It's, but there's something about being on the right team, right? It's like, man, there's energy, there's excitement. That's what that's about. God is saying, I created you to be a part of a family, to make a difference on this earth. And can I tell you, the Grove is making a difference. Our team is making a difference. There's a reason we're going to two services, because we're making a difference. And I believe there's even more that God has for us. How many people in our city don't know that there's a better way? How many people in our city are addicted and stuck to lifestyles and, and ways that, that, that are keeping them from God's best? Thousands. There are thousands of people in our city. In fact, half of our city would actually say, I don't adhere or believe in anything. So our target's really big as, as, as the unchurched. Half of our city, that'd be 40,000 people just in Santa Fe, in the county that goes up to 120-some thousand. So there's, man, there's a lot of people that we can reach. So we might need another 10 services before we begin to make an impact in our city. But we're saying, God, we want to be used by you. You empower us. You give us the gifts we need. We'll then begin to help you. So what are those gifts are? It's a leader. Some of you, God's giving you a gift of giving. Like he's just, he's giving you this generosity. And many of you, he's giving you the ability to make money to be generous. So now the, the, the goal is saying, God, how do I manage this? Where do you want me to apply these things? Gift of, of discerning of, of different spirits to understand what, what people are dealing with, what they're going through. It's important. One of the services I was in, um, there was a, a young man who, uh, um, he came to service. And that night he was contemplating taking his life. He was going to kill himself. And uh, during the service, um, I, was, I was at the time as our youth, youth group in Bernalillo, and I was leading worship, and I just had this sense, like, um, I, think, I think there's something that God wants to do here special tonight. And so I talked to my youth, the youth pastor, Kelly, at the time, and I said, hey, Kelly, I think something's happening. Like, um, I don't know what. God hasn't really told me what it is, but there's something specific that we have to address. So Kelly said, hey, sing another song. I'm going to go pray. And he just wasn't weird, just went off, prayed, and he said he prays to God, what do you want to say tonight? And all he got was suicide, suicide. It's like, well, no, God, that doesn't make sense. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I mean, I'm going to just kill myself? What does that mean? And so he was, like, not unsure. So he just, like, okay, suicide. That's all I get, suicide. So he goes up on the stage. He said, guys, I think somebody's here today. They're, you're struggling with maybe suicidal thoughts. I just want you to know God loves you, and he, he cares for you, and uh, we're here for you as a family. And, and, and he prayed, and then when service went on. Uh, that night, a young man came up to him and said, uh, tonight I was planning on killing, my, killing myself, and um, had it all planned out, told him his whole plan, and uh, said, but I gave God one more chance. And I think he, he showed up tonight. Uh, he didn't take his life and being part of the church. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool story. Well, that's a gift the Holy Spirit gives. Why? Because he cares for people. And he wants them to succeed. In your life, what if there's a, a moment where God's saying, hey, there's people in your, in your sphere of influence that will never come to church. But if you'll trust me, I'll actually give you insight what to pray for. I'll give you insight in what to speak to them. I'll give you insight of how to respond so their life can change forever. And if you just be sensitive and say, God, I say yes. Whatever. I'm open to this. I'm open to, you, to everything you have. I'm open to everything you have. In fact, Jesus says, why, why would a good father give something bad to his children? A good father gives good gifts to his kids. And he's talking about God the Father. And I believe he's in, and this is a reference to even the Holy Spirit saying, God gives us good things. We shouldn't be afraid of those things. They're not going to hurt us. They're going to they're help us on this journey. And as a church, we're here to help discover that and help you on that journey. So if you have more questions, we'd love to talk more about that. But God has more for us if we'll do this. And here's why I know that we get it. When you can stand up, when you do something in life, and you can stand up and say, I was made for this, that's when you get it. 
you're beginning to, to discover your destiny, your, your purpose in life, because you say, I was made for this. Like this moment, I think I was created exactly for this moment. So on Sunday mornings when I stand up here, I get to say, I was made for this. And I was made for this. And it's because of gifts, because of grace God's given. Nothing because of me, but because I'm saying, I'm willing and saying, yes, I want to be used by you. So here's my, my challenge for you today. Uh, would you trust the Holy Spirit to give you the gifts that he, he knows you need the most? Would you trust him? Would you trust him on Monday and on Tuesday? It's all right, God, there's more of you. Help me. Help me on this journey. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you. It's, it's God's voice saying, I, w- I want to help you on this journey. It's God's wind in your sails helping you to know what to do with life. So my challenge is this. Just trust that God knows better than you. And just say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, this week I say yes. And then do me a favor, because he will respond. When he responds, would you let us know so we can celebrate with you? When he answers those prayers, and you have those conversations with people, where God shows up all of a sudden, and we would love to know that so we can celebrate with you and, uh, and help you on this journey. Uh, so today, what I want to do is, as we close our service, I want to give an opportunity. I talked about a lot of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives, why they're important, because they help us to, to, to fulfill our purposes. Because really, that's how you can summarize it. If you're a Christ follower, it's to use the gifts that God's given you to make a difference in this world. Well, before you do that, you have to actually become a Christ follower. And so some of you in this room, you've never made that, made that decision. Or some of you, at some point, you walked away from that decision. Today, I would like to invite you, would you say yes to God in that, that way? What it means is the Bible calls it repentance, this idea of repentance, right? When we're walking down, when we're going down the street in the wrong direction, the GPS says what? U-turn at the next intersection, right? Take a U-turn. Repentance is just a U-turn. You're walking down this direction saying, all right, God, my whole life I've been living for myself. I've been living opposite of you. Repentance is saying, God, now I turn from my ways and I follow your ways. I say no more to those things and I say yes to whatever you have. That's the first step. The first step of following Christ is saying, to know you, I need to say no to those things and yes to you. And some of you in this room today, you need to do that today. You need to say no to those things that have been holding you back, no to those things that have been keeping you from God's best, and yes to God. It means you make him Lord, which means you're no longer Lord. He's boss, you're not. He's God, you're not. And the beautiful thing is then he begins to lead you on this journey where you actually discover everything he has for you. He has good things for you. He has good plans for your life. Do me a favor. Close your, uh, your eyes and bow your head for me today as we close the service. If that's you today and you would say, that's me, um, I need to dedicate my life to God. I need to give my life to God. Would you do me a favor and just raise your hand right, right where you're at in your seat? Awesome. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer right there where you're at. Say, God, I need you in my life. Quite a few hands have gone up. Anybody else? See, this first step is a personal decision between you and God. There's other steps that come that are more public, and you, you, you go public with your faith. This step is saying, God, it's you and me, this moment. It's God looking at you, looking at your heart, looking at your life, and saying, Man, I, I gave my life for you. If you know the value of your soul and your life, you just have to look at the cross. God loved you so much that he said, I value you so much, I'm going to step in your place so you can have life. Probably you raise your hand, would you say this prayer with me? And If you're a Christian in this room, Christ follower, would you pray with us if they're not praying alone? Today, would you say this? Say, God, I need you in my life. Today, I invite you to lead and guide me. I believe you sent Jesus to die on that cross so I could have life 
I believe he rose from the grave and is alive today and has more for me. Come into my life. Help me to follow you. You're God, and I'm not. Forgive me my sins. I commit my life to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate that today. Those prayer.